One of the most challenging things for me is to deal with my feelings about the relationships that I am in. And these could be any kinds of relationships. These could be friends, family, romantic relationships, uh, could be relationships with uh, the people that I work for, clients, customers, whatever it is. But I've had some opportunities over the past few weeks to deal with finding myself not feeling good. I guess and this is it's kind of hard really to put it into words. And I think there again, that may be one of the most important things about this whole subject and any subject when we speak about the mindful perspective is that we try to put things into words and by doing that, sometimes we kind of limit what it is that we are actually experiencing because we're so quick to characterize it, categorize it, and put it into words. So when I say not feeling good about some of the relationships in my life, it's really the only way that I can convey that in words. And it's actually, in this case, for a variety of reasons. This is one thing that's been a constant in my life. I'm not saying that it necessarily that I'm always feeling this way about one or more relationships in my life. There are times where I feel, you know, really good about all of them, but like anything else in life, inevitably there are highs and there are lows. And because of that, because things are constantly changing, there are times when for one reason or another, I don't feel good about a relationship or relationships in my life. The beautiful part about this is, is that the stories themselves really don't matter at all because those stories are really just stories and they're really just my own interpretation of what I think is going on. And an even more important part of that is that my interpretation of what is going on is a lot of it is fueled, in fact, probably almost all of it is fueled by my thoughts about what is happening in those relationships and my reactions to what people either do or don't do. And it has a lot to do with, you know, those thoughts actually fuel expectations. If I have any agenda at all, or if I find myself having an agenda at all with anyone that I have relationships with, it's because I've been busy thinking about what it is that I want or what it is that I need or how I'm going to get what it is that I want or need from them. The challenging part of this is that a lot of these things, these thoughts that we are, that we have, and when we harbor any expectations or beliefs about the way things should be, a lot of this can be very unconscious. A lot of this happens in our subconscious mind. And we don't always necessarily, we don't always have the bandwidth available to be in touch with that. We could be really busy and distracted. It may be uncomfortable. We may not want to get in touch with what we're really, you know, what it is that's really going on in our minds because we may not like what it is that we see. It's almost one of those where if we take a deeper look, if we kind of open that Pandora's box, sometimes we're going to see a lot of things that we don't really like about ourselves and our choices and how we ended up here, so to speak. And it really is very heartening to me to know that sometimes no matter how badly I can feel or how negative or how dark that I feel or how hopeless that I feel about 
where I find myself in a relationship with someone, no matter what the situation is, no matter what the reason is, it's very heartening to me. And this is really what I want to focus on is that the one thing that I can do to not be a victim of these feelings and these thoughts that draw, you know, the thoughts that result from whatever emotions I am experiencing is that I have, if I choose to, I can be more mindful. I can be more aware of what it is that I am doing. It's kind of like, almost like in a way, I have the ability to really see what I have been, what I'm up to or what I've been up to in terms of what's going on in my head. Because even though some of it is unconscious, there is also a very considerable part of it that is conscious and I do have a choice. And that's, and that's the beautiful thing about this is it's not to blame myself or to think less of myself when I catch myself in the act of thinking things that are not beneficial or healing for me. They're not fair to me. They're not fair to the other person or the other people, but it's, it's, it's that I can be empowered and all I have to do to be more empowered in all of my relationships, no matter what kind they are, no matter who it's with, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the personal dynamics or the personalities involved is that the only thing that I can really do to help do my part and to prevent needless suffering on my part and potentially needless suffering for others is just to be more aware. And that's the, the, the one thing that has literally changed my life in terms of my relationships that I have with people. I have relationships with some of the same people that I did before I started practicing mindfulness. I deal with some of the same personality dynamics and the behavioral dynamics that I did before I started practicing mindfulness decades ago. And sometimes I still have the same challenges with certain people who I've been in long-term relationships with. And that has not changed, and it may very well not change. But by practicing mindfulness and being more aware of what I'm thinking about whatever emotions I am feeling, at least give me a window into how I am really handling this at a deeper level. Because really, so much of these relationships, and that is one thing that's taken me a long time to learn, is that no matter how new a relationship is or how old it is, so to speak, that at the end of the day, the dynamics in a lot of ways are going there. There are definitely similarities as far as the dynamics of those relationships go. And that I have the ability to watch the one thing that really determines how I experience those relationships. The one thing that really will make a difference in whether I'm going to suffer or not, whether I'm going to be the best me that I can be, whether I'm going to act in a healthy and in a, in a positive way, whether I'm going to be loving and empathetic and helpful is what it is that my mind, how my mind is dealing with my experience with that person or with those people, whatever the case may be. And the more that time has gone on, I've realized that even if I'm not feeling good about a relationship that I'm in, chances are it's because something is not living up to whatever vision I had of what I thought it was going to be. Or I may still somehow be harboring those visions, even though I really, you know, my, my intention 
is to really try to not have any expectations for people, to really let them be who they're going to be in every moment as it unfolds. But it is so much easier said than done. And, and I'm almost hesitant to say that because that's really the ideal. I'm, I am in no way saying that I, that I do consistently do a great job at that. I certainly have my issues and it is, I do not, you know, it is, it is not a hundred percent and it probably never will be. But it, it, the, the, the great thing about this is, is that it doesn't have to be either. That's the other side of this is that I don't have to achieve perfection, being more mindful and being more aware of what I'm thinking and how I'm reacting to the people that I'm interacting with and in relationships with isn't about self-improvement. It really isn't. I mean, yes, I do want to be the best me I can be, but this is really something that's happening on a different level. This is really not about self-improvement. It's, you know, even though it does lead to me being a better me, I'm not forcing it. I'm not trying to conform to some ideal of who I think I am, because if I'm doing that, then my relationship with myself is no different than the relationship I have with other people. If I'm going to hold up this ideal for who I want to be in relationships and how I want to be in relationships, I have to be very careful because it's a slippery slope because I can be just as hard on myself and hold myself to such a high standard that I can get to the place where I don't feel good about me either. And what I was saying to a friend the other day is when I get to a point when I don't feel good about me in relationships with other people. And I have been dealing with some of that here as of late. And there are have been situations where I don't like me in this relationship that I'm in with someone. And, and these are on different fronts. These are in different situations. And that is difficult because I can't really, I can't really get more in touch with the me that is in these relationships unless I make the choice to pay more attention to my mind because wherever that is really where everything's happening. It really is. And it's, and the more that I have been able to appreciate that, the more I've been able to take a closer look at me in these relationships. And it is challenging. Sometimes, you know, people are not going to like what they see. I've worked with and I've taught many people, and this is a process. And in a lot of cases, I have found that the, uh, the, the challenges have been formidable enough, you know, what it is that, you know, my own personal, my own personal dynamics, my own personality dynamics, that I have had to seek the help of professionals. I have had times where mindfulness has not been enough. There have been times where I've needed to work with a qualified counselor, with someone who really understands how to heal the interpersonal dynamics that we have with others. And so I definitely want to encourage anyone who finds themselves in a situation where just practicing mindfulness, being more mindful and being more aware isn't enough. In some cases, it's a combination of seeking out a counselor or a therapist. There could be friends who really have a, you know, a deep understanding of this. There can be people in our lives that we can really talk to about these things. And so I think it's really just, you know, I think each person determines for themselves what it is that is best. But I know that in some cases, I know that doing this work and really taking a closer look at my thought processes, my habits of mind, how I behave in relationships with other people, no matter what the relationship is, 
that I am going to eventually uncover things and I'm going to uncover, uh, in a lot of cases, habits that are, that are very unconscious and I want to treat myself with care when I'm doing that. And I don't want to beat myself up emotionally and I don't want to judge myself harshly. I also find that when I'm doing this kind of work, if, you know, if this is it regarding a relationship that I'm in with someone, no matter what kind of relationship it is, I may also find out things and discover things about them that are not healing for me in, in one way or another. I may find behaviors and attitudes that actually can some, in some cases, I don't want to get extreme, but in some cases can be toxic to me. And I may have overlooked it because I was so busy paying attention to what I wanted out of the relationship, what it is that I needed, that I was blind to the fact that there were certain things going on that were not good for me. And it's amazing how as human beings, and I had a, a friend say this the other day, how we can be so incredibly, we, we have the capacity to be such conscious beings, to be so aware of some of the most minute things, and yet in some ways, right at the same time, we have the ability to be completely blind to things that are, you know, right in front of us and that are screaming out for our attention. And it really has to do with, you know, what we're doing with our minds, what we're paying attention to. Because while we do have an, an, an incredible innate ability to pay attention to things, we also have, at the same time, an innate ability to ignore things and to be so focused on one thing and letting other things really slip by us and really not being aware at all of our own behavior. Even as sentient beings, it's amazing how we have the ability to be blind to our own habitual behaviors and reactions. So what I want to really wrap all this up by saying is that when I find myself in situations where I don't feel good about the relationships that I'm in for whatever reason, my the habit that I have practiced is to immediately start paying attention to my mind and stop believing anything that I'm thinking. And first of all, to really do a kind of a gut check to really, you know, to see if I am in fact believing what it is that I'm telling myself about what's going on and immediately let go of the need to just blindly or unconsciously believe what I'm thinking about what, how, whatever feelings that I'm having about this, you know, what is happening in this relationship with someone. And if I can just stop and it's, you know, it's not easy to do. It's very simple because all I really have to do is just suddenly become aware of it. And the more that I practice becoming aware of things as they are happening in the moment, and I really do that by practicing being still and watching my mind when it's quiet and nothing is going on because it's easier to do it then than it is when we're right in the middle of life in the whirlwind of life while everything is happening. And so I practice that more and more. That leads me to a place where I can develop the ability. And it doesn't mean that I'm special or there's anything amazing about me because any of us can do it. We can get to a place where we start to pay attention to and become more aware of how we're thinking and what we're thinking and what our self-talk is and what we're reacting to right in the middle of, you know, right in the middle of everything. And while it, and sometimes that's right in the middle of everything while it feels horrible and it doesn't feel good and we feel like people are letting us down or we're not heard or they're not validating us in some way or we're not getting what we want. It may very well be that, you know, what we want is not really, we don't have a right to want that. It's maybe uh, from the other person. We don't have the right to demand anything or expect anything. And so 
this all can become very convoluted very quickly. If I suddenly have, you know, had a relationship for days, months, or weeks, or years where I have just stuffed down all of my unmet needs, the first thing that I have to accept is when I become more aware of all this, that these needs may be inappropriate. What it is that I'm expecting from someone, they may not be able to provide me, and it may very well not be their uh, responsibility to do that. But the and so this, things can get really complicated and convoluted and ugly. And, you know, it can become like this just big ball, this big mess, just this big ball of confusion, as I've heard someone refer to it before. And trying to just, you know, hastily or quickly, un, you know, kind of unroll all that and, and unwind it and, and uh, be able to kind of pull it all apart or unpack it can be very difficult. So I know that my the best thing that I can do when I feel overwhelmed by how complicated it has become or how ugly it has become or how, you know, how bad I badly I feel about this relationship that the only way out for me, the only way to get back to finding light amidst the darkness, because sometimes I find myself not feeling good. And then I do feel like I'm in the darkness and I do feel very, uh, I feel very, uh, disappointed, disenfranchised. I may have withdrawn from the relationship because I just, that's what I do. You know, that's the unhealthy way that I cope with it is I just remove myself from it emotionally. But at the end of the day, I, you can run. What's the old saying? You can, you can run, but you can't hide because it's still there. And I know that usually when I'm doing that, I'm withdrawing because I'm overwhelmed. I'm withdrawing because I've given up. And I've done that so many times in my life, and I don't want to be that guy anymore. So I know for me, the only way that I can ensure that I'm not going to be that guy who gives up and withdraws and is just done. But the thing is, I, you know, I fool myself when I do that. I think that I'm done, but I'm not really done because I'm still busy thinking all of the thoughts that I was thinking while I was still actively in this relationship with someone. I have not really had it. I've not affected any closure at all. I've not really done anything to make it any better. All I've really done is given up and withdrawn, but I'm still thinking all the self-defeating thoughts and I'm still replaying those situations over and over in my mind. So what I really want to do is, you know, and all these things I'm saying, I'm certain can sound very overwhelming. And if people can identify with this at all, then it, it really does become very complicated very quickly. And it's very easy to get overwhelmed and feel like there's no way to fix this except escape it or run from it. And I found that I'm not going to, I'm not going to learn anything. I'm not going to grow if I run from it. And so the only way for me to kind of flip the switch and begin to be the best me that I can be and begin to find my way out of this or through it or whatever it is, is to just come back to what I've heard many times teachers refer to as coming back to center, to coming back to myself, coming back home to myself as one of my favorite mindfulness teachers refers to it and really just paying attention to my mind. And it seems so simple. It almost seems too simple that sometimes we can tend to not believe that it's going to help because it is so simple. But because it is simple, it is so incredibly powerful because that's really where everything is at. And I found that really the the improvements I've made, any healing that I have had in, in any of my relationships, any way in which I have been able to feel better and feel more encouraged and feel healthier and feeling loved and heard and appreciated has started 
with me choosing to pay attention to my mind, to essentially what we call practicing mindfulness and to doing it diligently and sustaining the practice on a day-to-day basis, moment-to-moment as much as we can, not expecting perfection. We're not going to be able to do it 100% of the time because we're human. But essentially, the more that I can sustain that work and that practice in the middle of life while it's all happening, kind of what I refer to as being mindful on our feet, I may very well find that my relationships will be more satisfying. If there are relationships that I don't need to be in anymore and that aren't serving me anymore, I'm much better off and in a much better position to determine that in a healthy way if I am paying attention to my own thoughts about what it is that I'm feeling. Very, very simple. But it is not easy to do, and it is can sometimes be very difficult to do. But that's why it really does take practice on a daily basis.